1: Welcome to Sky Talkers Fulcrum Files, where Caitlin and Charlotte break down the latest episode of Star Wars Rebels. An in-depth discussion commencing in 3, 2, 1.
0: Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey everyone, I am your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to Fulcrum Files, where we are talking about the craziest two episodes we've had since the Clone Wars. <laughs> I know, seriously. Oh my god, these episodes.
1: I'm still recovering. My brain is kind of like not even
0: able to process them fully, but we're going to do our best. (laughs) Like, how are you feeling? I mean, if you thought last week was bad emotionally, you should have seen me this week. I should have like videotaped myself watching this episode because I think I described it to you later that night as just a lot of heaving and <laughs> gasping because I wasn't I couldn't process like a happy emotion or a sad emotion it was just a lot of <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> just a lot of a lot of that a lot of moving I I got a lot closer to my TV as the night wore on <laughs> I started (laughs) drinking out of my wine bottle instead of pouring it into a glass. (laughs) I finished the wine bottle. (laughs) And then I was like up close and personal with my TV. And then at the very last scene with Ezra and Hera is when I finally broke down crying. (laughs) And just a lot of emotions. (laughs) I don't know what it was about this episode to me, but I was like, I feel
1: like just because everything that happened in this episode happened kind of exactly like I wanted the characters to act. And I was just like so overwhelmed with how gorgeous it looked, how we had come so far as a show and as like the Star Wars lore goes and like everything that came before this. I was just so emotional throughout. I was like happy tears. I was like screaming at the commercial breaks. I was like jumping around my apartment at certain parts. I was like,
0: I was so happy, but so distraught too. Like, I don't even it was, know. It was, it was, it was, so it, it was, I I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And I think from the minute that Hera felt Kanan's presence behind her, I was just, it was, it was downhill from there. (laughs) Oh my God. That was amazing. Wow. (laughs) It's like, like, as you guys know, my favorite character in Rebels is Kanan and my favorite, one of my all-time favorite characters is Ahsoka. So the past four episodes have just been (laughs) so much.
1: (laughs) But so good. So good. So good. So good, like A plus this A-plus. this episode, A-plus. These, this group of episodes. I'm just so happy.
0: It's it's strange. I wonder if I would have had. I mean, obviously, the last Jedi was a crazy reaction experience, and I wonder if we would have had similar, like vocal loud reactions to the last Jedi if we hadn't been in a movie theater. You know what I mean? Because I've never reacted to Star Wars the way I reacted to those episodes of Rebels last night. (laughs) Well, it's because it was like a personal experience. Like, I was watching
1: it alone, you were watching it alone, and we were, like, very much in touch with, like, (laughs) the immediate reaction instead of, like, shielding them.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. It was, it was, oh, man. (laughs) I love Star Wars. (laughs) and So much. It's So much. It's like we say this all the time, but it's such a great time to be a fan because the reason we can appreciate an episode like this is because we have all the knowledge of everything that's come before it. And that's really cool.
1: Yeah. And it's not to say that like you have to watch other things to understand this episode. But having that – Like, you understand that Ezra is walking through something sacred, something different when you hear all these certain quotes and um, people kind of, you know, talking through his journey. And it's like, you don't need to know who they are and pinpoint the exact moment to understand that this means something, that these are powerful force users or something throughout, like, the Skywalker saga, the history, the Star Wars lore that is important. and. Mm It's not like you need this, like, extensive knowledge of reading all these books and everything to understand this. You just need to pay attention to the show, watch the movies, and understand it. And every – like, it's just – you
0: can get that feeling from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. And Charlotte has a 20-second recap that she has to do of some pretty crazy episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Well – Okay, so we voted. (laughs) Listen, the poll. Okay, listen, someone on Twitter, I think, said that Charlotte should get a 40 second recap for these episodes, but I say nay because I had to do a 20 second recap of Kanan's literal death. Okay, (laughs) so just because Ahsoka lives, exclamation point, doesn't mean you get 40 seconds, all right? It just. All right, so let me just propose this to you. What if we did 30 seconds?
1: And that way that next week, when you have to summarize 90 minutes of content, you get 30 seconds. I'm not scared of the 20 seconds. <laughs> I'm not either. I just feel like I'm literally not going to finish. <laughs>
0: this yes. is fun. All right. All right. All right. 20, 25 seconds. Okay. 25. All
1: right. I'm going to start you know, my we clock. Can, we can
0: do 30. The 90 minutes is a long episode.
1: <laughs> I know. The literal finale. <laughs>
0: I get what how did I get myself how did I end up with the finale?
1: <laughs> I don't know. No one was like paying attention to that when we started this. I know. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, um I'm going to start the clock in 3 2 one. Kanan's death, dead, and Ezra now has the stone um, from the temple, and the wolves are there, so they all get on the wolves, and they go to the p- one portal on the other side of the planet, and it takes them to the other side of the planet, and then they, it's a dig site, um, and you're like, oh my god, what is this? But it's a temple, and they're excavating something mortis and quickly Ezra and Sabine discover that they they have to align their, their hands to open it, and Ezra touches it, and they go through a portal lined with wolves, and then the world between w- worlds, he hears many voices, and witnesses Ahsoka and Vader's duel, and Malachi and then snatches Ahsoka saving her life. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what off. is
1: up with my timer noise? <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know, but you got off to a pretty shaky start at the at the top end there. And it's just uh, a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I Charlotte has her notes in our G Dog, and looking at this, I'm like, that's too, you got too many notes for 40-second recap, let alone a, a 20 or 30-second <laughs> recap. You know.
1: All right. Do you want me to finish it though?
0: No, that's not the that's not the okay. game. That's
1: not the game. <laughs> All right. So what I miss the entire second <laughs> episode?
0: <laughs> you basically just got to the temple.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even really like cover the fact that Sabine and Ezra like. Um, Sabine has a conversation with the quote art critic and everything, the and minister. they discuss what's going to happen. Yeah, and then. Um, Palpatine shows up, and they have to run mm-hmm. him out, and then they run yeah.
0: away, and then they, I, yeah, when, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I get to tell you what you all missed. Right. That's how this game works. Okay. <laughs> so, all right, continue. You missed all of that. <laughs> you missed the important <laughs> fact that one of the Loaf Wolves carries Chopper in its mouth, <laughs> which that was sad. Oh my God, that was so good. <laughs> um, Hera continuing to mourn and grieve for Kanan, which is very important. Obviously, Ezra goes through the temple and he snatches Ahsoka. We get to see the other half of the Malachor duel, which whoa uh, we get to see kan- we are forced to see Kanan's last moments again <laughs> and then the Emperor <laughs> does some crazy-ish and uh, yeah and then we end up outside the temple it disappears they fly away Sabine is awesome in this episode and uh, then we all cried at the end cool cool. <laughs> glad we're in agreement that. glad we're in agreement we all <laughs> sobbed <laughs> it was fine Sorry I failed. You're going to fail next week. It's going to be great. (laughs) wow.
1: (laughs) Rude. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to proceed with our normal Fulcrum Files parts, which in part one, we do our highs and lows, which is two highs and one low. In part two, we're going to cover the story of these past two episodes. And then finally, in part three, we're going to discuss characters. So without further ado, let's get started.
0: There are whispers of this alleged Jedi in the streets. In time, such whispers might spark relief in something other than the strength and security of the Empire. And that, gentlemen, is something I cannot have.
1: So welcome to part one, where we're going to do our highs and lows. So Caitlin, do you want to start?
0: Yes. My first high is the portal. Just in general, everything that is encompassed within the portal, the arts, the stars, the music, the characters, the voices, the Palpatine, the connection, the everything. Like the portal itself. The portal itself. The world between worlds. Yeah, exactly. The world between worlds is my high. Okay, cool.
1: Same. <laughs> <laughs> but my first high is... <laughs> I have three things written down, whoops. Okay. <laughs> the voices, the hand-touching, and all the connections to The Last Jedi. It just it seemed like... We say this all the time on the show and it's everything. It's so true. It's never
0: been more true <laughs> no, in sure. this episode. But
1: look to the animation the department for the Star future Wars. of Star Wars. It is so connected, and uh, there were so many things during this episode. I was texting, I was like, oh my
0: god, the hand's touching. I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. And we'll get into that later. Yeah, firstly, I gotta say that Charlotte was just so on point with all of the connections. Like, she was catching them as they were coming. Meanwhile, I was just freaking out that I don't think I was (laughs) hearing things properly, especially once we got to Ahsoka's portal, and... I just – like, I didn't hear anything. Like, what voices? There were no voices (laughs) at that point.
1: I was just
0: (laughs) zoned out and, like, what if I'm going to have to watch Ahsoka die from this end of the portal, like, this is not okay. But Charlotte Charlotte was on it throughout this episode. Um, So – Perhaps yeah, to I was,
1: I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was literally Toot-toot. like, oh my God, remember that like filler dig, dig episode that everyone kind of hated mm-hmm. from the beginning of the season. Yeah. I was like, wow, that that's connected. Um, what else? Oh, I was thinking about Revenge of the Sith the entire time I was texting yeah. you about that and you were like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can't even focus on that right yeah. now. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> can focus on nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what's your second high? My second high, um, okay, obviously I just have to say without, it goes without saying that Ahsoka is within the the portal high, um, but my second high is the art history and archaeology in this episode just filled me with joy. My undergraduate degree is in anthropology slash archaeology and art history, so seeing that with sabine i was like yes girl get it let's walk <laughs> through this what are the motifs what's the coloring what's the history where are we <laughs> it was so good i think
1: jay our friend jay tweeted like i've waited four seasons for sabine to go all <laughs>
0: art history on us and man the payoff was really good i loved it. it was so great it was so great and i loved how ezra knew that sabine knew what was going on, like, with the hands. And him and Ahsoka are running out of the temple. And she's like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to close the temple? And he's like, Sabine will know. <laughs> yeah. Because even though it's it's a Force thing, it's a knowledge thing, too, about art and how it works. Also, it's art, Ezra. Everything has meaning. This whole podcast is good because we infuse <laughs> meaning. We, like, search for meaning from every piece of Star Wars. And... Rebels just told us that we should be doing that.
1: <laughs> it was so validating. It was so, it was so validating. <laughs> my second high is the fact that Ahsoka lives. I can't believe that we had waited. So I remember watching that episode with you in your parents' guest room upstairs when... Oh, my God. Malacor. Malacor. And it was like oh we were like oh my god this is it this is it oh my god it's not it i remember like standing up after being like what just happened Mm -hmm. and dealing with the ahsoka lives question mark and then exclamation point and all those different times oh man and we got our answers tonight and more and i'm just so tonight it was last night i'm so so happy
0: i'm thrilled (laughs) (laughs) i'm i am alive (laughs) with star wars today (laughs) Uh yeah, obviously, Charlotte and I are both huge Ahsoka fans, and I guess it also goes without saying that we're huge fans of the mysticism that the animation department has infused throughout Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So, we're really big fans of that. I know some people aren't. Some people don't really dig that, which is fine, but we're probably going to be focusing a lot on that in this episode, So just so you all know. <laughs> yeah, we're really into it. Okay, so what about a low? Literally nothing. My note is literally none at me. (laughs) Come at me. (laughs) Yeah, I have have no
1: low. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) I honestly, like, these are, like, perfect episodes. I was talking to my mom today on the phone, and she was like, why are you so tired? I was like, I just witnessed two perfect Star Wars episodes on television (laughs) last night, and I was so excited I could hardly sleep.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the truth, though, to me. I was just, like, I was just really satisfied. Mm. I was so satisfied. I mean, I couldn't even form coherent thoughts. I mean, when we were on the phone, I felt like you were trying to talk to me about serious things, and I was just like running around the room, like what? Uh, mm, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and did you see this? And what about that? Like, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't even. Think of the first thing I wanted to say, and I feel like this whole episode is going to be the same way for me. <laughs> like my mind is just running a million, a million miles an hour. Same, like our notes
1: are basically like ninety percent of them are in all caps, mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to read now. But when you we were typing that, <laughs> when I was typing them up last night, I was like, ah!
0: <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing when I got on the G-DIC today. I was like, oh. Ow, this hurts my eyes a little bit. It's it all made capped. so much sense last night. <laughs> Let, yeah, last night it was fine.
1: <laughs> anyway. <But> now- <laughs> yeah. Um, let's move on to story because we're both desperate to actually get into this.
0: Yes. We
1: will not rest until we bring an end to the empire. Until we restore
0: our republic. Are you with me? Okay, welcome to part two, where we're going to start talking about the story of these two episodes, and we're going to start with our favorite question for our story section in Fulcrum Files: What's the state of the rebellion? So
1: interesting, because you don't really get much of the rebellion in this episode.
0: You get a lot more of the Empire. What we let's rephrase: What's the state of the Empire in this episode?
1: Well, I think, first off, we know the Empire on Lothal is, like, freaking out over the fact that they lost the Tide Defender. And we're seeing, like, a whole separate part of it that's clearly this, like, other project that's not necessarily, like, imperial. I wouldn't say it's imperial. I think it's, like, I mean, it is imperial, but it's not, like, military. It is its own special project. And at least that's what I think.
0: Did you get that? Yeah, I mean, it definitely – people have always made the comparison between the Empire and, like, the Nazis, you know. Yes. And, of course, the Nazis did a lot with archaeological excavations and art conservation and things like that, too, and a lot of art looting as well. So this kind of fell right in lo- in line with those kinds of comparisons for me. Totally. And where does your mind go immediately when you see stuff like this, when
1: you're a Star Wars fan, a Lucasfilm fan? Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. <laughs> so it's like, it, and we we know that obviously in Indiana Jones, like the Nazis were interested in um, certain artifacts and everything, but it's it wasn't necessarily like the military. It was different. And it, this is a whole separate project on Lothal. Um, and so the state of the empire, I think they're stressing, and they're stressing even more after this episode is over because some kid was able to open the temple um, passage pathway portal door and (laughs) passage passage, portal door (laughs) and do the thing that they've been trying to do for so long. And he closed it and now it's all gone.
0: Mm -hmm. And the thing is Palpatine knows too, that that's what happened. It's not like the minister or Thrawn could try to cover up their tracks about what happened because Palpatine was there. He knows exactly. But then too, I mean, just the story in general, it's, Like, inside the portal, it's the literal story of Star Wars. (laughs) Everything is represented. And that's – I mean, that's incredible. I don't – Star Wars has never felt so cohesive to me than it did throughout the portal. And just watching all of those scenes back um, throughout the day because I've been revisiting those clips again and again. It's just incredible how these lines of dialogue can be imbued with such meaning, especially when put in a different context like – inside this time portal place it's you really get a sense of just how what's the word expansive this story is totally it's you know i've seen a lot of people like get a
1: little stressed that lucasfilm actually went there with creating like this time warp um but it's really interesting because i've been revisiting a lot of past caitlin and i both have of the clone wars and the clone wars documentaries and behind the scenes and everything and i've become really interested in this whole idea of the cosmic and living force which was brought up in the yoda arc in the lost missions with qui-gon and Mm -hmm. um this is alluding to a little bit of like spoilers for the upcoming the last jedi novel but it is mentioned in there so it makes me believe that it's important, and this is the cosmic force. What we're witnessing, what we're seeing, this is the cosmic force, which feeds the living force, obviously. And mm-hmm. it's and even I think is it is it Ezra that says that? Who says cosmic force? Because it, it happened.
0: It's it's Ahsoka. It's Ahsoka, uh, right? Yeah. And if you guys if you guys don't know, because I didn't really, I'd kind of forgotten about this whole Yoda arc because. Yoda's not my fave. <laughs> um, but the, the living force is what Obi-Wan talks about in A New Hope. But, you know, it surrounds us, it binds us, it penetrates us. It's basically the energy between beings here on, you know, Earth, as it were, whatever planet. It's like what Ray's talking about um, in the in the beginning of her training with Luke. You know, it's life and death. It's hot and cold. It's energy. But the cosmic force is like the will of the force. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, like, leveled up from the living force, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, and, and it's, like, it kind of alludes to, like, that the cosmic force is what would have created Anakin, right? right. Yes, that's kind so of it, the general yeah. idea. And I yeah, mean, without even yeah, going exactly. there, because I don't
1: think it's necessary to go there, but it's, like, the world between world, worlds is the manifestation of the cosmic force. It is kind mm-hmm. of where these portals are kind of identifying the will of the force. When Ezra witnesses Canaan die and he understands that sacrifice, finally, it's like, it's, it, it, he's, they're showing them that because that is the will of the force. It's it's just, it's, I mean, obviously it's like mind bending. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of hard to wrap your mind around because that's the point. <laughs> and it's also like not yeah. clearly that defined, but I recommend yeah. everyone, uh, revisit that Yoda arc just because I I find it so interesting and also maybe a little bit more comp- even more complicated than the Mortis arc just because it it talks about how people become Force ghosts and mm-hmm. kind of yeah. finds that and all the trials that you have to go to which is just so fascinating. Anyway, that we're not here to talk about Yoda, but I, I do think that. <laughs> while people are saying that this is too weird it is something that has been alluded to before it's not yeah. it's it, it doesn't it's not an outlier it actually feeds into previous things that we've talked about that we are aware of within the force
0: and so when Ezra, what I love too, is when Ezra first enters the portal and you hear Obi-Wan say, you know, what is this place? Which is the audience talking. And then just a couple seconds later, you have Ahsoka saying, just when you think you understand the Force, you find out how little you actually know. Which again, is all of us. We think we're getting all of this great understanding about the Force through characters like Bendu and through things that are happening in The Last Jedi. And, and even in on Dagobah with Luke and Anakin's visions but the truth is we have no idea about what the forest really is and this whole temple is just another layer to it and I love how they you know that line from Ahsoka and from Obi-Wan and and others too in that moment were our introduction into this place and kind of a warning of things are not going to go the way you think they are here and you you really don't know anything (laughs) yeah uh They're also
1: back to the discussion of the cosmic force. There is the quote from Qui-Gon that happens during that time too. a force that consists of two parts, living beings generate, generate the living force, which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic force, which is from the Yoda arc. then we also Mm -hmm. hear Yoda say luminous beings, are we not this crude matter, which again is a reminder that this sort of thought process has been around since 1980. Um, And it's, it's, we're supposed to be comforted by these quotes, like you say, with Mm Obi-Wan. Um, it's 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 just so it's just so interesting i i I am feel like I'm really gonna be constantly fascinated by this and like i I should say that I have transcribed every single quote <laughs> that I can possibly hear in um this episode and the one before it that and I put it on our website we have a whole
0: um list if you're interested mm-hmm. yeah, yeah definitely go and check that out because it's 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 a lot and keep the list with you as you go back and rewatch the episode too to because the like the the way that these lines are broken out in the episode is really interesting too uh, especially
1: the- especially when the one where Ezra is like walking and yeah. what what is included and what isn't i thought that there wasn't any of the last jedi quotes included but i actually like 10 minutes before we started recording found one that where Uh, Ray says, um, something inside me has always been there. Um, so I, I just think it's so, it's just so great. I keep finding quotes buried under quotes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's cool because the, that first, that first part where Ezra's in the portal sets up everything that's going to happen. If you know what you're listening, it's, I mean, it's kind of like with The Last Jedi. Once you go back and rewatch it, you understand what all the voices are kind of pointing towards. But in that first viewing, you don't really understand it. Um, I mean, like when Yoda says you have to train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose. Ezra is fearing losing Kanan, and he's afraid he doesn't know how to learn how to move on, and that's what he's going to be learning here in this place. And Kanan says, "I won't lose him. I won't let him lose his way like I did." Um, but and Dave kind of talks about in Rebels Recon how Kanan's, you know, actually it's probably referencing the moment with Ahsoka and why kan- Kanan as part of the cosmic force at this point is kind of taking Ezra back to that moment where he lost his way and it ended really poorly for Kanan, Ezra, and Ahsoka. And now Ezra has a chance to rectify it by saving Ahsoka in that moment. Man. It's just, it's so great. It's so, <laughs> it's so great. Um, and then to, you know, Maz says, I've seen your eyes. You already know the truth. Ezra knows mm-hmm. the truth that Canaan's gone and he can't be saved. And then you hear Jin saying, "The time to fight is now." And Jin Jin's kind of a symbol of the actual rebellion, you know, like the the nitty gritty rebellion. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to be happening in the next episode too. And also a symbol of sacrifice
1: mm-hmm. as well. And it's yeah. uh, obviously we know that. Um, yeah, so we come in with that knowledge of this is someone who. Sacrificed everything for the fate of the rebellion, so it's like, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen next week? Um, but we already, we've already seen Canaan do that as well. Um, he sacrificed himself for his family. So, um,
0: I mean, it, they, there's some similarities there. The question is, are we going to see Ezra sacrifice himself too in the vein of his I, master? I don't know because I think
1: that I mean, we, we can just talk about this now. I think that when Ezra you know understands that he has to let go of he wants to go through and save canaan and in turn kind of like change and and kill his his family right um when i say family i mean like found family and friends um and kind of undermine his own sacrifice once he realizes that he can't do that it's almost like this realization has come over him in that he understands that Kanan's last lesson to him was the understanding of selflessness and knowing when to not push too far. And it's almost like when he turns away and he knows exactly what he's supposed to do, we're we're going to carry that sort of information into the finale of the series because you kind of understand that now Ezra, understanding this, will potentially do the same thing to save the ones that he loves and his surroundings and um, even the cause that he does has have come to care about.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you were texting me about this earlier, but Ezra or Kanan found his peace and purpose moment, just like mm-hmm. Luke does in The Last Jedi, you know, and it you know, it's so interesting how these things paral- parallel off each other. And I mean, in The Last Jedi, Rey had three lessons that she was supposed to get from Luke. And she only got two. And then we come to Rebels and, you know, it's kind of been billed as one last lesson. That's kind of been a tagline they've been running with. And it's like, oh, I guess you could kind of say it's the last lesson from The Last Jedi. And Ezra says that Kanan taught him this last lesson in the temple and it was about selflessness and sacrifice. And that's also what Luke did in The Last Jedi. So Luke and Kanan both taught their Padawans, essentially Ezra and um, Ray about selflessness and sacrifice. And, you know, if, if Luke had been taken out of that moment, like if Ray had an opportunity to save Luke, like Ezra did Canaan, they all would have died too. the state. Like it's, they're very parallel situations. And yeah. I don't know how they do it <laughs> because it's just – it's so masterfully done. And it's like now in animation, I feel like I'm getting a better understanding and appreciation for – what happened in The Last Jedi. And I know that, because it not it in like the deleted scenes of the Last Jedi that there actually was a third lesson, but they took Yeah, it out? but it just doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter because it's like we're supposed to kind
1: of come away with the knowledge in the movie. Like, oh, she only got two lessons when Luke said three lessons. So what's her third lesson? Or is the third lesson the next movie? And mm-hmm. like her coming into her own and becoming that leader. That's kind of what we're supposed to think. And I think that's why they kept that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would have
0: changed it if it didn't work. Yeah, so it's it's like oh, there's just so many there's just so many parallels. It's great. Okay, so let's talk about another parallel.
1: Um, the Mortis wall. Wow. So <laughs> it's- so first off, it's amazing to see, and it's so exciting to see as a Clone Wars fan. Um, this type of Force lore brought back. Um, we're we're Mortis fans, so clearly we were excited. But something that, like, is just so interesting to me was that they played into this whole, and maybe this is just a little too literal, but ma- I honestly don't think it is. The fact is, is that in in order to open the portal, Ezra had to, one, listen, and two, touch his hand to another hand in order to open it. And it's it's just so... I can't get over it.
0: <laughs> Where have we seen listening and hand touching in the same sequence?
1: Oh man, I I can't even think about <laughs> I it.
0: I don't. Remember. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a really big blank, guys. It was the last Jedi. It was Rey and Kylo. <laughs> <laughs> they literally. They, they, this is the. I just. I need to know how how much of The Last Jedi Dave Filoni saw, how much of – like, how much Ryan and Dave have – like, I just need to know because – I just – I don't think we're ever going to know that. We're never – At least t- not not until – It's all finished. Like, everything is finished.
1: Because I mean, it's, it's – it, there's just the similarities to me are so much. And I, I, I did just say, like, I hope I'm not taking it too literally, but I don't think I am. No. Just because, to me, it's, it's too – like – Things were aligning in this moment, in Ezra's moment, in Rey and Kylo's moment. They had a greater understanding of each other. Ezra finally understands what he has to do. It's an opening into him discovering his destiny and also discovering what it means to be selfless.
0: It's it's just like the parallels to me are insurmountable. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can't even... To say that we're reading too much into this, I mean, this, show, this episode literally tells you, number one, handholding is a language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they
1: straight up say hands that. Are, <laughs>
0: hands, <laughs> hands are a language. And number two, it's art. You read into everything. And filmmaking is an art. And everything has meaning. I mean, like, it can't be any more explicit than that. And given how much emphasis is – how much screen time is spent on handholding in The Last Jedi – I don't. I think it's to say there's not something there. I don't know. I there's something there, and and two people have talked for a while. I mean, Clone Wars fans have talked for a while too about the parallel between Rey as daughter and Kylo as son, and kind of representing this balance. And it, I mean, it's no surprise that you know it took. Ezra touching daughter to open the door and just like when Rey reaches out to Kylo she creates a bridge between them and he goes into the they go into this place Ezra goes into this portal that represents all the moments the past and the future and you and I are of the opinion that Kylo has to restore the past in himself in order to redeem his own future and they're in this which is a line that literally happened in the last episode (laughs) of and they're in this timeless void Ezra is, and then it's the son, Kylo, that has to close the temple and close the door on this, this like story of imbalance in the Force that's coming to episode nine. And I don't know if any of that made sense, but (laughs) it's like it started with Rey reaching out and showing compassion. And then it's going to end with Kylo making a choice. You and I think that that choice is going to be for redemption. But it's going to end with his choice, I think, whatever it is. And that's going to close out our story just like it closed out the temple. Man, the parallels to me are just like, yeah. they're there.
1: I, made, that made sense to me. If it doesn't <laughs> to you, it's, it's okay. I understand. Yeah, it's okay.
0: It's okay. Let's talk about the while we're still on this Ray and Kylo thing, let's talk about their lines within the temple because let's just. So it starts off with Kylo, show me, and then Ray. We'll see each other again. And then Kylo, mm-hmm. grandfather. And then Ray, I believe that. And then Kylo, I will finish what you started. I'm like, I'm not saying that the layering of those lines is important. But I'm saying the layering of those lines is important. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that those lines it, for Ray, it's when she's speaking to Finn in the film but I think in this context, it, you can infer that it's also about her connection to Kylo, too. That she'll see him again. I believe that. You know? And that it somehow it is going to come back to Kylo finishing what Anakin started, not necessarily Darth Vader. Totally. I,
1: I'm looking at my thing and realizing I didn't actually press update. But it's fine. I will after this episode records. That... The fact that it, in between that, Anakin says, "I won't lose you, Padme," and there, the line of Ray being like something inside. It's just like there's, there's something there. They, they, they would have layered those differently had they not been somehow connected. Anyway, mm-hmm.
0: absolutely. Um. Okay. So also my other heartbreak moment of this whole portal time. Is as Ezra is walking up to Ahsoka's portal, and you hear Anakin from the Clone Wars movie saying, "You never would have made it at Obi-Wan as Obi Wan as Obi Wan's Padawan, but you might just make it as mine." And that's the beginning of their re- relationship. And then we get to see Darth Vader literally go in for the kill shot against Ahsoka. Uh. <laughs> It's so much, Caitlin. <laughs> it's, it's so much. <laughs> I have like taken from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows.
1: <laughs> but then you're just like, at least I am. I'm just like so happy she's alive. Oh and now God, I'm yeah. just like thinking about all the potential possibilities of like, what does this mean?
0: How long does Ahsoka survive? When are we going to see next of Ahsoka? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, is she is she going to meet up with Obi-Wan? Is she going to see I don't him know. Out? It, I don't know. Maybe maybe we should speculate on this a little bit because clearly Ezra
1: and her made a promise to meet up again. Mm-hmm. So yes. if we think, okay, it's very tough to think about this. We were trying to walk our way through this last night, right? Is how do we think about time in this place without time? So Ezra <clears throat> is looking at this window of basically two years prior and he pulls her from that and now she's in present day, quote unquote.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: then she jumps back in,
0: but we are not positive that that was like immediately after her battle with Vader. Oh, no. Dave says it on Rebels Recon. He like basically brought her back to that moment.
1: Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah.
0: Man. Okay. <laughs> yeah because you're right we were thinking that and i think you probably missed that because you were watching rebels recon at like two in the morning i saw your text come through (laughs) so (laughs) fair enough um but but yeah because i think i think i before i saw rebels recon we were both thinking oh maybe she's actually been transported back to like ezra's present day when she goes through her temple door but in Rebels Recon, Dave says – because he's talking about how you – like, as an audience, we've actually missed none of Ahsoka's story at this point. Um, she's right where we left her, and we've, we're have we all caught up on her story. So we've actually missed nothing um, in that two years. Uh, so – I don't know what. That so means. the question is: Is like, does she survive the next two years? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes. I
1: think. Me too. I, Me too. Yeah. They wouldn't have brought her back just to be like, oh, she dies when she goes back in. Ha ha.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think Ahsoka is such a cool character. Like, she's been able to transcend these different mediums really well, and these different eras really well. And that's not something we get to see from a lot of Star Wars characters. Because um, now she's going through effectively. I mean, assuming she makes it through to the original trilogy, which I would say she does. She's She's been in the prequel trilogy, the like middle gray zone, and now the original trilogy too. And interacting with a lot of our main characters, like she's got a lot of insight that not many Star Wars characters have. Like Obi-Wan is really the only comparable one.
1: Totally. And so to your question of do you think that she's going to meet up with Obi-Wan, I mean, I feel like that's pretty logical, in my opinion, that that's where she would go to seek out someone else who was also in hiding, um, to wait it out these, like, two years until they meet Ezra, and until she's able to meet Ezra for whatever's going to happen in the next 90-minute finale.
0: Ooh, or maybe she goes to Dagobah, because now that she's met, she met with Yoda in the temple, right, in, mm-hmm. in 2, and part of me thinks that if she knew, knew Obi Wan was alive, she would have already gone to Obi Wan in like prior to season two of Rebels. Which maybe she has. We we haven't seen all of her story from that time, but I feel like they would save that moment for us to see. Um, yeah. So maybe she goes. Maybe she doesn't know that Obi Wan's still alive, and maybe she goes to Dagobah because she knows she she knows Yoda is out there, and to yeah. learn more about what happened and maybe what's to come. More like she's going to learn how to
1: transcend, um, and like pass on through the forest in the way that Obi-Wan learned and everything mm-hmm. like that that Yoda has learned. I'm just like, I'm really high off that Yoda arc.
0: <laughs> you now. you are. You've been talking about it for a <laughs> week now. <laughs> it's almost like maybe you should watch it. <laughs> maybe
1: Peer Pressure is what I do best on this. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, it's true. <laughs> okay, so before we jump into characters, I just want to throw this question out here. Oh, boy. Should we, should we be worrying about the implications of them kind of opening up something like this? Because I personally, I go back and forth mm-hmm. because I'm really happy it exists and everything, but in the wrong hands – it's true it could be de- detrimental mm-hmm. we could see like an alternate timeline which i really don't want to see yeah I, I was it on the last episode where you're like the best thing about star wars is that it's linear
0: <laughs> i think <we laughs> i had that in a number of episodes about like star wars is very unique and that it's very linear it's not like star trek where they've got a whole alternate universe thing going on and now we've got a time portal so mm-hmm. that's new <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> Where someone actually went back into the past and changed the present, which is crazy. Uh But,
1: but- It's just, it sparks a lot of thought to me about Anakin's, like, plight in Revenge of the Sith to want to change his visions, to change the future, etc. And again, we talk about this in the real world in terms of, like, creators getting their hands on something, a concept like this. But it's at the same time, it's like, that's kind of the point is that this whole thing is kind of dangerous. and. Palpatine wants to get his hands on it. He wants to control the galaxy through this, mm-hmm. right? So it's like it's it's kind of meta, and that this whole episode is really freaking meta. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: the <laughs> the it's kind of meta because there's just like evil person getting their hands on it. But to me, I just I don't really know how to feel about this existing as a concept, even though I love it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think they at least for now they've kind of closed it off because. The temple's gone. And theoretically, Palpatine, like, if this is the only door, then it's closed off for good, which it kind of makes it feel like it is based on what we know so far, like Lethal, where they've been doing the digging and the archaeology excavations. This is the first place we've really seen them doing that for actual, like an actual temple, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe each temple kind of has its own – thing, you know, like Jeddah had the kyber crystals, Lethal has the temple, um, crate has the <laughs> mines, <laughs> you know, everything kind of has its its purpose. So maybe this was the only accessible entry point. Although that's not true because Yoda kind of accesses it when he's on Dagobah, right? Kind of. I mean it's it's, it's different. It's kind of undefined. Yeah. It's different. It's, it's not the it's not the time portal place, but it's He's kind of like... He's with the cosmic force. Exactly. And
1: yes, you will see that when you revisit the Yoda arc. Yeah. But, like, I just... I feel like right now I am satisfied. And I also, like, genuinely trust Lucasfilm storytelling that this will not be, like, detrimental to, like, ruining future timelines Mm -hmm. in terms of, like, film production or anything. I just... It's it's a powerful concept that this kind of question actually does need to be asked, mm-hmm. even though, like, I'm not going to sit here and, like, sweat about it.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, the moment that they changed, for as big a moment as it is to us as fans, it doesn't actually have a lot of implications for what's going on. You know, if they, if they had saved Kanan – then the ghost crew would have died, you know, and that would have really mm-hmm. impacted whatever's happening next week. But the moment they chose to rescue Ahsoka, it's just her and Vader. And it's not like Ahsoka was sacrificing herself for Ezra. I mean, she pushes him away, but Vader at that point, like Vader's not even concerned about Ezra. You know, he's concerned no, about it's, it's
1: very vengeful. Yeah, yes. yeah. Exactly.
0: And, you know, they're fighting, and it's not like if she dies, like vader's still gonna be around you know what i mean i think she tries to have that sacrificial moment when she pushes her sabers sabers through the floor of the temple and starts breaking it and you see vader fall through that hole and maybe she would have thought you know i'll I'll just kill us both and then vader's out of the picture but that doesn't kill Mm -hmm. him so it's it's not like that change like that moment didn't like nothing about what happened after that has changed for Vader, anyway, Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard to describe, yeah. um, but it's not like a, you know, if they went back and saved Luke, then the rebe- like whatever is left of the rebellion would die. You know, th- those are like more public moments where this is just a moment between Ahsoka and Vader. It's 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 probably one of the few moments I feel like you could do something like that. It's to- a
1: agreed i I, i'm in total agreement i'm not saying anything because i'm like i fully agree i don't think that ahsoka was sacrificing herself for any like greater purpose at that point it was like her old master was it was going to be another vader kill Mm -hmm. and it was just like another like tick uh, on the on the wall for vader and it was like another way for him to get revenge on his past Mm -hmm. and i don't I was that never really sat well with me in terms of Ahsoka's overall story for Vader. Like, makes sense to me because, of course, that would happen with it. it Just like it it attributes to his man pain, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, it does. But it never. I'm glad that that moment didn't happen because now we get to see Ahsoka have a bigger part in the future. Whatever Mm -hmm. happens, and
0: the thing is, like, Ahsoka could never have had an effect on Vader because. That's not her role in this. She's not yeah, Luke. She's not Luke. And yeah, she's, she's yeah. She Luke. says I can save my master. That's what Ahsoka wanted from that moment. And when she realized she couldn't have it, she she says I will avenge his death. That was her purpose going forward. And we knew she was never going to do that because you know Vader lives. So mm-hmm. I think that makes the the time change a little bit more. If if you're not having a, a great time with the time changing in in Rebels, I feel like that maybe it might help qualm your fears about time travel <laughs> in Star Wars. Because <laughs> uh, it's interesting to think about, you know, what would have happened in that moment. If Vader had killed Ahsoka, she already punched the floor out. So he still would have fallen through. We would have been in the exact same place. Agreed. It just, anyway. it, it, it makes more sense for me than now that she's pulled out
1: of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me happy. And that's what
0: matters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So much gas tonight. I don't know what's up, okay? And that makes me happy. (laughs) Okay, so let's move on to part three. Yes.
0: Well, my name's Ezra. This is Kanan. That's Sabine and Zeb. It's nice to meet you, 7567. Actually, my name is Rex, Captain, 501st Clone Battalion. All right, welcome to part three. It's our favorite part, even though I felt like we spent a lot of time in our last part. But this is part three, all about characters. And for me, the standout of this episode was obviously Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the dark side wants a conduit between worlds and between time and space. I feel like you need to chat about this with Palpatine because you had, like, you blew my mind when you were texting me about it. Well, Um, I don't know if I, like, have fully
1: kind of formed the thought, but, so Palpatine says we must seize the power within, a conduit between the living and the dead. To me, my mind literally immediately went to Revenge of the Sith about how Palpatine says, like, it's a power only one has achieved, but if we work together, I'm sure we can discover the secret. And so that was in Revenge of the Sith. And now, here, like what, like 19, 18 years later, um, he's still trying to discover these secrets to controlling life and death. And uh, he can find that within this world between worlds. And to me, it just like it completely linked things together. It's not just like um, Darth Plagueis the Wise's like, myth or anything, it is a, a tangible, reachable thing that can be done and Palpatine we know Palpatine he lied to Anakin about like the fact that he had this power that the dark side has this power and now potentially this is what he's seeking here and it's not just that he's not seeking it for Vader ever but he's always seeking further power and further control and to me it was just such a clear connection to Revenge of the Sith and all the lies that he has told and how he's always trying to kind of build this set of power
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, imagine if we, we talk a lot about how Palpatine has been playing the long game. <laughs> imagine if he could go through this portal and change a couple of things back in Phantom Menace era. He, he wouldn't have to play the long game. He could just set it up from the get go. Um, he'd have so much more power and control. And the minister even says bef- to Sabine, you know, whoever controls the temple controls the galaxy.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know exactly what he would do. Like, there's a couple of things, if you go movie by movie, what he would do if he could, like, be be even more of a puppet master, mm-hmm. right? Like, what was slowing Anakin down, but also attributing to his fall, he would totally kill Padme. Padme would never be part of the picture to begin with, mm-hmm. because that is Anakin's, like, source of compassion, and even his relationship with Obi Wan, like all of those things, would be gone because mm-hmm. those are the first things that Palpatine tries to sway Anakin away from by instilling all this mistrust. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's just like it's to me it's not like it, sure the story like presented this whole the Emperor is really interested in figuring out this power and then Ezra is a part of it somehow, but it has just greater implications for me in terms of the dark side and in 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 general. And I'm just like. I'm still kind of thinking about it and it makes me honestly want to watch like some of those like turning to the dark side moments that you see in Revenge of the Sith because I know that these are concepts that have been thought of, especially since they devote this whole scene that's like been memed and memed and memed about um, Darth Plagueis the Wise and everything and all of that um, discourse and I, i'm just I'm, I'm really fascinated by how we can link this episode and the emperor's wants to all the other times that we've seen the emperor
0: mm-hmm. yeah exactly and it's cool too because we were in our clone wars behind the scenes binges that we were doing last week uh dave at one point talks about how I forget what episode it is, but it's basically where the the Palpatine's been kidnapped again. It's an episode in the Clone Wars and about how all of these moments are actually have all been put in place by Palpatine as a way of testing Anakin's power and his loyalty to Palpatine. And Dave makes this great point that all throughout the Clone Wars, uh, Palpatine is constantly getting Anakin alone. So that he mm-hmm. can be influencing him, and the, and it's like if we have Palpatine in you know rebels time period, Palpatine knows that Anakin is gonna follow the dark side. He knows he's pliable. He knows he's powerful enough, and he can manipulate Anakin. So it's like now he doesn't have to waste all that time too. He can just <laughs> go back, like you said, get rid of Pad Padme. Kick off Obi Wan kill Shmi, and bada bing. Even real. just like just discover Anakin on Tatooine himself. Yeah, yeah it's like, exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> saves so much time, <laughs> cut your budget in half for your take over the galaxy budget line item. Mm-hmm. You know things. That we and you do wouldn't help. get the the warrior who was cut in half either. It's just like it, you can
1: you can see how Palpatine would want this so badly mm-hmm. because he had groomed this apprentice for so long, right? It, essentially. And when he finally gets him, Anakin screws up, Obi-Wan, like, maims him and everything, and he gets this, like, robotic version who's still really powerful but isn't his full potential. Mm-hmm. He's, like, literally half of himself. Yeah. So it's it's just, like, obviously Palpatine would want to do certain things so he didn't have to do go through any
0: of the, <laughs> these trials and tribulations. Somehow even Palpatine has regrets. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird. Like you put your, you put yourself in, which I, we rarely do. We don't really think too much about darksiders except for Kylo Ren um, <laughs> and, and Vader. Wow. That. Okay. I guess we yeah, do, but I don't, I don't really, <laughs> I don't necessarily sit here and think about like what em- the Emperor's thinking. Yeah. No. I, it's, it's rare that I think about the emperor in his thoughts, mm-hmm. but like in this moment, you can definitely try to like conceptualize what he wants. Yes.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. I think this is the most we've ever talked about the Emperor on our show. Yes, this is probably going to be it. <laughs> <laughs> so, hope you liked it.
1: But it's also—it's just such a really—it's I love it. I love what Star Wars does about like these, these kids who are nobody. Ezra was nobody, and now he was able from listening from his skill of listening and understanding in his four years of being or four, I don't know how long this is four seasons of being Kanan Jarrus's Padawan. And even though Kanan wasn't even necessarily a Jedi Knight training under Kanan, he has this unique ability to open this portal that everyone wants to open. Mm -hmm. And now the emperor wants him. And I just love that. What that sets up is that Ezra is, is this special kid and it's, it, we've come so far with this character and it's just, it's really awesome to witness. And I know there are no uh, people who aren't Ezra fans, but to me, you watch the first season of rebels and then you watch this episode and you're like, Oh my God, Ezra has been through so much and he's learned so much and he is really the stand in for us. Mm-hmm. I, he's very relatable that way. And I, for me, that's another reason why I think people don't really love him that much because they kind of see a little too much of themselves in him and they realize that they would be the same annoying kid too. But I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I get kind of emotional when I think about mm-hmm. it.
0: No, I, I completely do. I think, um, I think it was Jonah Murray who had made this point on Twitter that if you think season one Ezra would have made the decision to leave Canaan to not save Kanan in the time portal, he, like, he would have saved Kanan. And then, you know, that would have had really big implications. But season four, Ezra knows to listen. And Mm -hmm. that's what they've been saying. Like, you're a good listener. And he listens to Ahsoka. And he listens to what the force is telling him to know that he, you know, this is one thing that you can't change. Um, And this is how things have to be. And now he has the maturity to move on um, and to grieve, but to also say goodbye. And I think right. that's really powerful. Uh, that, that last scene just breaks my heart. Uh, Me too. Because he, he has such a confidence and determination about him now in that last moment when he's talking to Hera. And I don't know, it's – it's like a goodbye to Kanan and a goodbye to Lathal. I'm like, are you ever going to come back to Lathal, Ezra? It, I don't know. Is yeah, this it? is this it? It feels. I mean, it's the penultimate episode, and it it definitely ended on a foreboding, melancholy note, but also really hopeful because we know who Ezra is now, and we know what he's capable of, and how far he's come. And that, that is going to make all the difference for the rebellion. I'm certain. Totally. And I mean, just even
1: with the the wolf, who I guess they kind of underscore this in the episode, the wolf is essentially um, Kanan. And when he, he watches the wolf walk away... After all this time of the wolves trying to get something from Ezra, for the wolves to make him listen, to appear to him, like, we know that this is the last time he's going to see the wolves. And that he has gained everything that he needed to gain in this previous experience because of his listening skills, because he opened it up. Just, like,
0: at the end of The Last Jedi when Leia tells Ray, we have everything we need now. We need. And this is, like, the middle episode of, like, this basically trilogy of episodes. (laughs) wow and in the first section we lost kanan just like in the force awakens we lost or we lost han and now in this middle part there's hand touching just like there's hand touching in the last jedi (laughs) (laughs) listen i'm not saying we need to watch extra closely to this last episode but i think we need i think we need to watch extra extra closely closely. to this last episode well well to me
1: it's it's only moving in that direction just because it is going to be this quote one final battle right and we're yeah. going to something is going to happen and i we we think that if this is going to be the conclusion of the sequel trilogy which we are led to believe it is then of course there's going to be one final battle mm-hmm. it's very similar you yeah. have to you have to go into the into this with those kind of goggles of <laughs> how is this going to affect the greater scheme and the greater understanding of the star wars lore in general
0: yeah yeah, it's uh it's gonna it's gonna be great to compare like that whole like the sequel trilogy to this trilogy of episodes we've had in these last couple weeks. Because mm-hmm. there are some pretty strong parallels and maybe they're kind of nominal, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <I'm just saying. laughs> I think they're pretty strong connections. Okay, so let's talk about Hera and Sabine. Oh, God. Going back to hands as a language, very deliberate uh-huh. with Hera in this episode too. Putting her hand on her shoulder when she see, when she feels the presence of Canaan or is imagining it, whatever it is. Um, and she keeps her hand there throughout the episode. And even at the end when right. Ezra comes across her, she's got her hand on her shoulder. And, you know, that's when she asks Ezra, you know, he's really gone. Because I think she was hoping too – I mean, going back to my my incorrect crazy conspiracy theory from last week about how Ian <laughs> was in the portal, which technically he was, just saying. <laughs> and uh, technically he could have been saved, just saying. So <laughs> it's not entirely wrong. Um, but she, she was holding on to my – Hera was holding on to my crazy conspiracy theory too that – Kanan was really in the cave and there would be a way to save him and there was a way to save him but it wasn't what needed to be done and just so sad yeah is uh, really grief stricken
1: in this episode and has to make some tough choices like again like letting <laughs> her quote kids go off mm-hmm. and I, that that was really powerful to me where she was like okay it'll be okay It'll it'll be okay. Like I I trust them. Oh
0: yeah, and 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 Zeb and says I, they're gonna be fine. And she says I use yeah. That. Uh, it was just like it, that was
1: really emotional for me because I, I I was like oh man so much has been shaken. hair has been sh- shook, shook <laughs> <laughs> to the core. <laughs> yeah, she has been, and and uh, she. I mean, obviously, n- now we know that, you know, Sabine and Ezra come back, but she didn't know that. And it's, again, now the time, I don't know. I just feel like that that was a really big moment for her in her kind of grief and understanding that Kanan is gone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, okay, so Sabine and Ezra, I loved their, like, whole mission together. I felt like this is some of the best we've ever seen them working together. And I loved how, and I don't remember what parts it was. It's when Sabine is talking to Hera and they're going for Ezra. And like she says something along the lines of like, Ezra will know what to do. And then you hear Ezra say the same thing about Sabine. Like Sabine will know what to do. Like they know each other's strengths. And I don't know. I just Mm -hmm. really loved how they worked together in this episode. And when Sabine's looking at the art wall and she's like, this is where you need to put your hand. And Ezra's like, what do I need to do? And she's like, do your thing. I don't, I don't know what it is, but do it. <laughs> I did my thing. Now you do yours. Yeah, yeah they're such a good tag
1: team. <laughs> well, it's funny because they didn't used to be. They used to be, like, fumbling all over the place and, like, trying to figure it out. Sabine was always ahead. Ezra was kind of, like, dawdling behind or, like kind of cleaning up the pieces or something. They they weren't like in as in sync as they were in this moment. <laughs> Again, I feel like a broken record when I say this, but I honestly feel like everything has been leading to this sort of pairing this like this mission together. And I was really happy to see mm-hmm. it. They really are. They really do have that, like, amazing, like, sibling relationship that
0: they just kind of, they know each other so mm-hmm. well at this yeah, point. Yeah. Uh, if you remember in the very first episodes of season four, we yeah, we were thinking right. about the Sam Ezra <laughs> train. Because there was, I mean, I think the episode asked you to think about it when Ezra was like, I'm with her, but I'm not, like, with her, with her. Yeah, yeah, that first episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but I remember when we were doing Fulcrum Files saying, like, if they're going to go down this path, they're going to need to lay some more groundwork <laughs> throughout the season. And they the didn't season, do it. And they haven't. They haven't. Um, but I'm still – I and I was, think, I was thinking about this throughout the episode because I realized I hadn't actually thought about this Sebezra-Romancer relationship really much past those opening episodes. And mm-hmm. I spending so much time together in this episode. I was thinking about it again. And I was like, I wonder if they will do some. Like, assuming they all make it out, if they will do some kind of time jump, and things will be different between them in the future. But regardless, yeah, I'm sure. yeah regardless. I, I, like you said, I loved how they operated in this episode together, um, just as a team. I thought, yeah, I think this is some of the best we've ever seen them. Totally, mm-hmm. and they they have like absolute. They're not they're not worried about each other because. They know that they're each doing what they're good at. hmm I um I also
1: love Zeb
0: in this episode. There really wasn't that much of Zeb,
1: but um to really discuss. But what did he say at the end? He says something like, if this is what you and Kaden did on your Jedi mentions, like you can keep it. Yeah. And it was, and I was like, yeah, really
0: funny. Zeb has these great zingers lately that are just so perfect. Zeb <laughs> and the zingers. That should be a yeah. band.
1: with you know chopper.
0: With chopper as their manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, I, I really did like that moment uh, with Deb. It was really funny. It like definitely brought you out of it, especially because the last thing you had just heard was Kanan saying, "The Force will be with you," or "May the Force," you know, something like that, something emotional, <laughs> right? <laughs> something very emotional like that. <laughs> <bad. laughs> and then, and then you get to hear Deb. You know, if that's what you guys do. I'd rather not. <laughs> Okay, so any anything else that we should discuss in the character section? I don't think so. There this is this is going to be like Mortis, where we're going to have to come back to it a million times over again. I feel like I've already come back to it a million times. At yeah, I watched the doesn't. episode. It hasn't even been out for 24 hours yet, and
1: I've watched both episodes three times. Like, yeah. what the heck? I never do this. I know. Unless it's a Star Wars movie, which I guess I do do.
0: <laughs> but that's you know, how I feel about these episodes. We don't care about dark side characters. Well, wait a second. We well, do
1: <laughs> me hugging my Kylo Ren pillow to my
0: chest as we speak. <laughs> oh, gosh. I am a walking contradiction. <laughs> listen i know what i am okay i love kylo ren i love okay actually this doesn't have anything to do with characters what's interesting is there are no luke skywalker lines in the portal what the heck whoa are you are you right oh my god (laughs) you always talk like i'm wrong about these things
1: (laughs) No, I'm just like, I'm looking at my list because I'm really proud of my list. And <laughs> you're, you're so right. I know. There's no Luke Skywalker lines. What is up with that? I'm going to throw my – last night I was talking to you and I threw my coasters across the room because I was so excited. <laughs> and right now, what does that mean, Caitlin? What do you think about that?
0: I don't. I don't know. I didn't notice it until my second viewing, like right before the emotional and physical collapse really hit me full force. And I was like – what (laughs) what (laughs) what the heck i know there's no luke skywalker and then i was going through trying to think of what would have been an appropriate line from luke skywalker that would have kind of fallen into the vibe i guess they were going for in the portal
1: and it was like the only one that i can think about is like uh, I'm a Jedi like my father before me but it's not really they weren't really talking about the, the Jedi, Jedi at, at all, all. that's not the point the thing yeah that they,
0: that they should have what would have been perfect is to have used some of the last Jedi lines which is I'd, I haven't heard distinctly the Rey last Jedi line that you've referenced not to it's, say it's so faint yeah it's not it's to so say faint. It's not there but I haven't heard it personally but they it would have been great to have used one of his lines about him telling Ray about the Force in this portal too, like maybe one of the ones, you know, pow- powerful light and powerful darkness. That would have been a good one. That would have been a great Luke line to have in there, uh, or you know, one about you know to think that the the Jedi control the Force is hubris or something like that. Yeah, but even then, it
1: gets a little too Jedi heavy, and it's 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 just it's such an interesting choice to me. Mm-hmm. Now, now thinking back upon it. Wow,
0: yeah, yeah, it is really interesting. I'm gonna go through all of Luke Skywalker's lines, or maybe even <laughs> maybe even one from um, Empire Strikes Back. Like the dark side is more power. Is it more powerful?
1: Yeah, like even something like that. I, this is what makes me think that it was intentionally left out. Yeah, even though they have Leia in there, maybe we're missing something. But I don't think we no, are. I, Just, I feel
0: like if they had Luke in there, it would be a little bit more obvious. Yeah. Um. Man, that, that Leia speech has been making the rounds this year with the last show. Oh yeah, that's, that is the speech. <laughs> I mean, that's the speech. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if when wow, if that moment when Ahsoka comes out of out of her time and we hear Vader and then if you had heard Luke underneath that like is the dark side more powerful? stronger, stronger. Um is the dark side stronger? Well, Cuz Ahsoka this like Ahsoka doesn't know what's happening, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like her and Luke would have been in very similar places regarding the dark side and Vader at that moment yeah. too or even when Palpatine like shows up too to have had Luke say something like is the dark side stronger. I just I now I'm just like thinking
1: that there's definitely a reason. Yeah,
0: I don't know what it is. If you guys have ideas, you know where to find us. Yeah, hit me with them. <laughs> <laughs> you can at me about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay well i think that's gonna wrap up our episode you can head to our website skytalkers.com to see the full list of the quotes that we talked about and i have transcribed as much as i possibly can and i will keep adding to it as i watch and rewatch. so head there the screen rant article does not have as many as i do just saying
0: <laughs> and the song continues <laughs>
1: Yes, okay, but you can follow us on Twitter at Sky Talkers Pod, and we are also on Facebook, which we haven't really advertised. So you should go follow us on Facebook. And I just want to say thank you to our awesome patrons. Joanna, Lynn, Neil, Brian, Diana, Susan, Megan, Amy, Kelly, Matt, Jim, Swara, BJ, Ryan, Amy, Daz, Lauren, Serene, Cherie, David, Kyle, Aaron, Stuart, Derek, Connie, Delaney, Robert, Kirsty, Brandon, and Chuck. Thank you
0: guys so much. Yes, thank you guys so much. And if you like what you hear and want to head on over to iTunes and hit that subscribe button and also leave us a five star review, we would really appreciate it. It really helps make our show more visible for other listeners. So please do that if you feel like you have the time we would really appreciate it and uh, I think that's it for this (laughs) (laughs) uh, really crazy episode I feel like I'm still recovering from it and uh, God thank you Dave Filoni mm, thank you Uh, and I think we'll leave it at that and may the force be with you may the force be with you Don't forget to thank Dave Filoni on your way out, and we'll see you next time.